Welcome back to Life Vocabulary. I am Serena Hussein. Let's get into this episode's topics. I'm going to be talking about Miss Marvel, what my um, sort of part two thoughts are. I still haven't finished it. No spoilers. Also going to lean into the message to Muslims by Jordan Peterson just an ever so tiny bit. Also, working remotely. A lot of us are working remotely still, um, and perhaps we prefer to, but what are the downsides to it? And then um, the last part is just a little bit of advice uh, for content creators. After I watched uh, Sean Cannell, from Think Media podcast episode, which I think has some really useful takeaways. Um, and I will share them with you right here. So once again, welcome back. It's still warm and sticky here. Um, and I and I don't think there's any point in ironing clothes <laughs> because all sort of cottons and linens tend to just sort of get creased and, and mushed up like this. And also hair still seems to get um, nice and uh, voluminous um, and frizzy. Um, so yes, it's still very much uh, warm, but not as, as severe as that so-called sort of heat wave was over here in London, UK. Um, so let's talk about Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel. So I have, let me see if I can share my screen. I'm going to get better at this. I really will. Um, I, I am still only, I'm sorry, I'm still only on episode three or four. Um, and I think it's because it's just not been a great time. It's not been a great time. Um, I've been waiting to watch it with my daughter, but my daughter finished junior school. So in the UK, that's like age 11. And then they go to sort of high school, which is secondary school um, in the next academic year, which will be September of 2022. And I, I kid you not, I don't know what it was about or what it is about sort of like end of year wind down for this particular age group. But there was something intense on every day. My diary was busier with her school stuff than it was with my own work. So that's why I'm only at episode three or four because it, um, yeah, I just haven't had the time. Um, but I just need to sort of like backpedal a little bit because I was talking about the outfit wasn't I in um, I don't want to accept I don't want to accept your cookies your cookies are no good for me keep cookies um, I, I want to talk a little bit about the outfit because remember in part one of um, my thoughts on Miss Marvel I talked a little bit about modesty and I talked about how I hope they uh, don't go too far, whatever that is, because that's going to be something very different for everyone. Um, but I think we can use the sort of Pakistani culture um, as a standard, I guess, um, and, and especially one that has sort of traditional conservative norms and values when it comes to how women wear a veil and, and how they 
don't show butts in jeans. Uh, I'm talking about the, the sort of traditional conservative um, norms and values and also how they usually wear a scarf um, or a shawl. Um, so it's interesting to see how this character almost incorporates those sort of accessories that sort of aesthetic so I, I like that I like that because um, it's not uh, trying to revamp you know in a way that sort of departs so far from what um, the cultural norms are um, and as I'm sure you've figured out by now I, I do like to um, I, I do lean a little bit conservative, but that's just the way that it is right now. Because remember, we always change. Um, my other thoughts on on this so far. Oh gosh, gosh, nice um, artwork. Let's stop um, sharing the screen because it's really pointless at this point. Um, stop screen sharing. So it's back to me. Um, the other parts, the other things that I really liked about it so far is that there are so many moments that remind me of me and my family and growing up it started lots of conversations with my daughter about things which is really useful really helpful we've already begun to have conversations about culture about our religion as muslims about modesty and it's been really helpful because, um, you know, as a parent, when you're talking about these things with your children, um, you can sound quite abstract. Um, so it helps to have like a an example or, or a case study for them to sort of put those ideas or whatever it is you're discussing into that kind of a framework. So, yeah, I... I, I I quite I quite I'm quite um pleased about that fact um that there has been uh, more opportunity and more ease to have these conversations um with my daughter um and I will continue to watch the rest um how do I feel about the um uh, <laughs> incorporation of jinn in the story jinn um it's like these sort of evil spirits or um these sort of like demons that we've sort of grown up um um being sort of uh, gr <laughs> growing up as a muslim you're kind of scared um um into sort of submission by uh um being threatened with the jinn um and it's quite funny to actually see these characters as like these superheroes and their jinn and i'm like okay <laughs> little serena is now feeling a little bit scared so um yeah that's an interesting one and then i have to remind myself little serena is now big serena so let's not be scared and model that for um little daughter um but that's quite funny to see it all incorporated but i'm only at the other part where she's just met ms marvel has just met um somebody who used to ride with her grandma aisha who we are not allowed to talk about um so far so good i'm enjoying it again um i really appreciate sort of any storytelling that helps us to have conversations um, 
in our homes about our values and our beliefs. So yay, Miss Marvel, Ms. Marvel, Ms. Marvel, Ms. On to the next thing. I've got my sort of like martial arts pose ready, even though that's not quite, I don't know what that's going to do apart from just show my crinkled linen. Um, I have seen so many responses and reactions to this Jordan Peterson message to Muslims video. And um, I'm firstly not um, a scholar or an academic. I am not your ideal Muslim, whatever that is, but I am a Muslim. And my initial thoughts hearing Jordan Peterson's message to Muslims was, okay, I see what you're trying to do as a listener, sort of separate, I'm not your part of your team, part of your mind, I'm not sort of part of your intention and your process um, that got you to the point of wanting to record this video. Um, but 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 I, I I do what I like to do, which is actually zoom out. So actually, I zoomed out first um, and looked at this as a human trying to do something, doing something with their platform and their content. And are they kind of doing a bit of a pivot into a zone where they are appealing to certain groups of people to almost come together um, because they need to take on a big bad evil, um, in simplistic terms, potentially, um, is the message helpful? It helps to offer a perspective or an idea or a suggestion for people to perhaps take a step back and look at the entire landscape and to critically think, rationally think about the landscape does it run the risk of being ignorant to very real, very sensitive issues that are embedded in that community, that group, actually multiple groups that you are addressing. Yes, it does. It really does. So, so what I would have suggested would would have been let's now really zoom out um, I, as a sort of strategist, which is sort of my um, day job um, and my profession of twenty years uh, of public relations and communications. I would have firstly made that video longer <laughs> I would have consulted more people than just the uh islamic uh scholars and youtubers that you have had conversations with um and i would have um created that piece of content as a conversation rather than a statement um, because it kind of came across as um this is what i think and that's it but that is what he thinks and that's it. So um, maybe accept that that's just what he thinks and, and that's it. And um, But I think the reason why there's been a bit of upset is that he has had uh, loyal, I would say, a loyal um, listener, um, sort of Muslim 
um, audience, not all Muslims, obviously, um, but but he has had support from Muslims who perhaps appreciate the more conservative values, the values about discipline, the perhaps a philosophical approach to life, uh, wondering what other things appeal to a Muslim mindset. Um, I would say this sort of rational thinking, critical thinking um, appealed to me and has appealed to me. Um, honestly speaking, since that message to Muslims, which I felt was um, sort of lacking in a bit more, it lacked um, some sophistication and perhaps he, Jordan Peterson wanted to sort of put out kind of this sort of blunt-ish statement. Um, it did feel a bit blunt. It wasn't as sharp or perhaps it was, um, but I just didn't like it. Um, so I found myself listening to his content a little bit a little bit less um so it's kind of put me off a little bit because I just felt like it it kind of came across as a little bit me um what the ad-libs for Serena come on um say something without um the ad-libs but here's a little clip I've been informed by many sources and also observed online not least because of my discussions with a variety of Muslim thinkers, supporters, and critics, that I have developed an audience in the Muslim world. Okay, but you see, the thinkers that he's referring to, um, like fr from my uh, memory, um, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf and, is it doctor? I'm not sure if he's a doctor, Muhammad Hijab. Um, who's from the UK, who I think I recognised from university days. I wasn't the best student at that time, but um, I think we went to the same university. Um, so I don't know, I mean, may maybe there's been a few more, um, but those conversations haven't been public. Um, but I, I don't think that those are wide ranging enough. And, um, you know, there, there are um, other scholars, there are female um, Muslim scholars that could be um, sort of, you know, that you could have a conversation with. But um, let's just go on a little bit more. Woo. I would first like to say that I could not be more pleased or honoured that such is the case. It has been so heartening to see that my biblical lectures, for example, attracted a large Muslim audience. So I'm going to stop there and I'm just going to like address uh, just a few bits there. Just just a few bits. Um, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but there's a very sort of different style now to Jordan Peterson's sort of um, addressing the camera kind of videos. Um, they're much more, they have much more of a sort of a direct approach, a um, bit more sophisticated, cameras better. Perhaps it's got to do with him also joining the Daily Wire. Um, so things feel a little bit more like they're coming with a bit more of a punch and he, I think, is running the risk of being a little bit complacent about having the Muslim listenership that he has. Um, I don't know. That's all I know right now. You could continue. Uh, we could continue to go through the entire thing, but this, I, I, I'm not going to do that. This isn't a, a Jordan Peterson message to Muslims reaction video. It's just my comment on uh, a creator, a YouTube creator, who's also a philosopher, doctor, academic, um, who commented on um, 
actually didn't really comment on the Islamic faith, just had a message to Muslims. Um, and um, I didn't do so well. There were so many reactions and responses to this. It was, um, uh, at one point I was like, could, uh, could the YouTube algorithm please stop sharing <laughs> um, these with me? Because um, they were just coming from um, every direction. Um, so let's move on. Let's move on to something a little bit more... Um, Actually, I don't want to say it's light, um, but it's um, not related to uh, religion, um, but it's more about sort of our day-to-day -day lives. Actually, you could argue it's also religion, but okay, Serena, let's get to the point. The point is, um, how is working remotely impacting you? Um, and what are the sort of, uh, what are the issues, the risks of um, working remotely, it's still something that is encouraged so much, so much um, by organisations, people, um, people like it, people really like it. There's like a quick Google search of working remotely and you've got happy people in really nice offices, um, home offices and kitchens and it's all clean and they're still dressed for work and we know that's not really the case that's really not what's going on is it um although I I I, I tend to sort of still be in sort of smart cash um and I'm still sort of prepared to um to have my camera on but um yeah we we know it's not like this I mean let's do a little <laughs> let's do a little scroll of of um working remotely happy people look at the happy people um with their fancy uh, microphones like mine right here working collaboratively in their teams they have nice coffee mug as well, and they're holding it earnestly because, you know, they really care about their work, you know, they really do. And, and you know, doesn't this image remind you of that four hour, for, you know, work week where you don't have to work so hard, you can work on the beach with your laptop. Look at this one. This is a bit real, although, the kid's hand on the keyboard whilst you're on a call would probably give me quite, quite um, the nervous breakdown. No, I'm I'm kidding. Obviously, it wouldn't. It's not that. It's not that. Um, it's not that. Deep, but um, yeah, people are still working remotely they're making it work some is not working so well for them and I want to talk about um some of the sort of more harmful harmful cultural uh effects of working from home working remotely and how it could actually contribute to discrimination. I don't have stats for a survey. I've done some reading, but nothing for me to quote here. Just some thoughts. You see with discrimination and you see with um, issues in the workplace where you feel like you're not seen or heard, respected, acknowledged. 
when you go remote and everyone is behind a camera, they finish a meeting with you. They don't then have to face you in the kitchen, walking past desks. In the next meeting, in the meeting room where you have to face each other. There's no real, like that kind of sort of accountability where you're going to be seen and heard. There's going to have to be a follow-up or whatever your actions are, um, you can't disappear once you've behaved however you've behaved, said whatever you've said, because you're then going to be seen and heard straight after that physical meeting in the office. The problem is, when you're all working remotely, people can behave in ways that might mean not everyone is being treated fairly in a team. It might mean that leaders and managers are It might be that leaders and managers are not treating everyone fairly and they might favour certain members of the team or they may be very incompetent and delegate work that they should be doing themselves. But you see, they can have their camera turned off, say that they're in calls back to back, say that they're like dealing with thousands of emails and um, they can send a nasty email or they can take somebody off a project and then not have to deal with them because they don't have to see them in the office. They don't have to Mm -hmm. physically, um, physically confront the person that they are essentially affecting. They can hide. And when you have this kind of culture, um, which I think is so easy, it's quite sinister, isn't it? It's so easy for us to, you know, for for this kind of a culture to sort of um, occur, for teams to sort of slip into these kinds of behaviours. Remote working essentially will hide and cover incompetence. It will probably encourage clicks and uh favoritism because um you could you know if you if you're going to have a a little huddle um with your um i don't know your favorite um on the office floor people can see what you're doing you have to sort of be really discreet about that kind of thing um but when you're working remotely you can have all the calls you want you can empower whoever you want in your team you can get away with all kinds of machiavellian or just sort of lazy discriminatory um practices um and I remember it was Stephen from the CEO, Diary of a CEO podcast said something along the lines of um, how working from home is just essentially 
a disaster. It's, it, it's bad. It's a bad idea. People need to get back into the office. Um, I agree. I agree. I prefer to work from an office. Um, I, I just have to put my hands up and say that I haven't yet got my stamina back um, when it comes to <laughs> managing a household alone my child alone, working full-time alone, having a side hustle alone, cleaning and cooking alone, like literally doing all of that and commuting back and forth. Like I used to be absolutely exhausted. I still prefer to be out of the home to, to work though, but I'm um, doing that like for crazy hours throughout the whole week and um, also having to manage everything else. Um, yeah, that's hard. So um, I, I kind of welcome this sort of odd day of um, working from home so I could catch up with laundry in between meetings. That lunch break becomes, I've got to call the doctor to schedule that sort of appointment for my daughter, or I need to take that Zoom call with my daughter's therapist or something. And it's easier to do it from home because I can spend my lunch hour doing that without needing headphones rather than do that at my desk or, you know what I mean, in my lunch hour. It just makes things easier. So there are definite sort of um, positives to it. I just would prefer it if, on the whole, on the whole, we could get back to being more visible and in an office um, so that we can avoid the sort of more sinister things that um, could and do potentially take um, sort of place in um, in teams and in um, at work. So moving on um do give me your, give me your thoughts um I'm quite happy for um, you to chime in and disagree do like that um disagreement um uh, just discussion conversation if you're interested in this mic i'll also link it um in my in the description on youtube let's get to the last segment it's the urgent warning for all content creators um and it's uh by sean channel rhymes with channel which is what he likes to say and uh i'll play you a little clip it's from think media is a creator economy recession improbable or inevitable in this video we're going to be looking at a new article from business insider that reveals 40 influencer marketing insiders describing how the economic downturn has already hit their industry Okay, so um, the takeaways with this, um, I would say, is number one, I think whatever, whatever your industry is, whatever you're doing, you've always got to have some kind of a backup plan, whether that is uh, another skill, another skill that you have that you can fall back on. Um, continuing to develop, have your PDP in place, which Sean talks about your personal development plan, make sure you're still learning and developing. Um, don't take a silly risk, like measure your risk. And also, um, you know, you still have your savings, like um, ask yourself before trying to go full time as a content creator, do I need to? Does it make sense to? Um, do you have proof of concept before you take that risk? And it's always going to be some kind of a risk. But if you're the sole breadwinner, 
then going full time is not a good I just wouldn't. And that was a lot. That was that was like I suddenly like got quite anxious. Um, but also because personally speaking, creating content, it's exhausting. It's 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 hard because I'm in my head for about 24 hours prior to coming to the mic. Um, because I'm thinking about how can I make this really valuable? And then on the day, something's not gone according to plan, and I'm like. I just need to record something. I've still got those ideas in my head. I just need to get on the mic because I need to be consistent. I need to be all of these things. So, um, yeah, it's it's really up and down. And I'm not at that point where I just feel like there's a really sort of steady audience that I am sort of like, you know, the numbers are um, supporting me to sort of... Um, give this more time, invest even more into it. Um, I have sort of small windows to um, create in and uh, it's just not possible. But Sean um, makes a point saying you can still side hustle though. Like we can't, like if you want to create content and you have a full-time job, it is possible. I mean, I'm still doing it. um, after sort of explaining that I am sort of the, the sort of sole breadwinner um, and I, you know, I'm raising a child um, um, alone. So it's uh, it's difficult. Um, do I have a social life? I actually don't because I I don't like people. No, no, seriously, I, I, I don't have um, a social life because I'm so tired and exhausted and I'm trying uh, from, from working, from having my child, the side hustle, home stuff, cooking, doing the sort of fa- familial things like with my family. Um, I don't have that much um, capacity. I'd rather make sure I'm investing time in, oh, have I studied like a few hours this week? Have I um, worked on my PDP, my personal development plan, which involves some some sort of academic goals um, this year? Also some personal development goals when it comes to health and fitness and also um how much am I learning in order to develop, sort of develop, develop my understand, improve my understanding of sort of matters so I can then deliver more value. So I um, tend to be quite not single-minded, but I do have that sort of tunnel vision focus where I I would much rather feel better to be able to do this. So for instance, I did not feel good yesterday. Yesterday was a Saturday. Today's Sunday. I feel better. I wanted to do this yesterday so then I could have more content on the Sunday, but I prioritized myself. I said no to social plans um, and just focused on myself at home because I wanted to be well enough to do this because this side hustle really matters to me and I want to create content that could be of help, support, um, value to others um, and sort of providing sort of insightful commentary um, posing questions is um, something that I've really enjoyed doing in various capacities and I want to continue to do because it helps me to sharpen this, my my head, my mind, and it pushes me to do more research, to understand more, to learn more, and it really helps me personally um, to 
mature, mature in my sort of understanding of things to improve my critical thinking, my rational thinking. Um, so this sort of pod, this sort of platform, this podcast, Life Vocabulary, has always allowed me, um, and more so recently, um, after I've sort of realigned myself, to really use it as a conduit for me to become much more sharper intellectually, spiritually, um, and also to become much more aware of things that are going on in our world um, in order to provide sort of some sort of a perspective that can help others to ask more questions and reflect themselves on whether they can make sense of things oh my gosh that was so not scripted that's probably the worst description of what I do but it was authentic it was real that's um that's that's it so I might sort of need to watch this back and sort of take some of those sort of words out of there and create a new bio but I was just literally sort of brain dumping um so Sean was talking about doing this with some heart you know I think he um, had a really great quote he goes you've got to sweat in peacetime so that you don't bleed in wartime I'm probably butchering that but yeah so so don't wait for wartime don't wait for when you have to battle to put in the work like put the work in now whilst you can and you're in peacetime because then that's going to add up and it will become something when you really need it um I think that's all from me in this episode I haven't eaten yet I'm doing intermittent fasting it's really helping me I'm trying to get my sort of health and my stamina back up in time for Ramadan next year so that I can fast without feeling sick and unwell I am going nearly 16 hours now so yay me and uh, this has been a great distraction from those uh, from the sort of like slight headiness and weakness and maybe that's why I couldn't get my words out but thank you for listening I am Serena Hussein this is a life vocabulary podcast and I'll be coming back as soon as I can as soon as I can steal time to deliver some more authentic commentary um, that's not so scripted um, and hopefully is a little bit insightful and helps you to reflect on matters that are important to you that are important to all of us see you next time